podcast for March 4th, 2018. Today we have a special guest, Bill Tucker, sitting in for the vacationing Pastor Dave, who is sitting in Florida enjoying the warm weather while we are sitting here enjoying the snow. Enjoy it, Pastor. You deserve it. Anyway, Bill will be in the Book of Lamentations today. Afterwards, check out our website. A lot of information about things going on in church, including the CMA rally coming up on the 16th and 17th of March. Check that out. If you need more information, talk to somebody in the church about that, and they will help you out. Enjoy the podcast, and have a great day. time I've preached in a while and first time with these new glasses. Y'all look a lot better than you did the last time. Wow, I can even see people in the back row. That's pretty cool. Uh, For those of you that are like 40-ish or so like I am, have you noticed that print's getting smaller? They're kind of sneaking that smaller print in on us and uh, I'm very grateful to have glasses. So, But good morning and thank you, uh, Lord, for the recent sunshine. I know it's gone away a little bit today, but it couldn't have come quicker for me. I was getting pretty uh, down. This has always been a tough time of year for me, this end of winter, because in the UP there is no end of winter. It just takes forever and ever and ever. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my brother this morning because he hasn't done something this year, mostly because he had some serious heart issues and had to have... uh, Actually, four surgeries in like two days. Didn't think he was going to make it, but he did, and he's doing fine. For those of you that may have prayed for him, I thank you. But wrong about this time every year, he used to give me a call, and he would be sitting on his lawnmower cutting his grass. He lives down by Lapeer, by Flint. And he would uh, kind of rub it in just a little bit, because I'd be digging out of the next batch of snow when he's cutting his grass. And usually he had an adult beverage, so he just couldn't help himself, you know. But uh, this time I didn't get the call. Maybe maybe next month. Maybe, we'll see. Uh, may, maybe by then we'll have real spring, and I know I'm being optimistic. If you know my wife, she'll tell you that's not a habit I'm usually in. Uh, again, this morning uh, I'm here because Pastor David and Jillian, hopefully, I haven't heard of, hopefully they're in Florida uh, nothing would have surprised me the way their year and a half, two years has gone. But let's remember them in our prayers uh, when we pray here for a well-deserved vacation. And there's one other thing I'd like to do this morning. Um, you all know this, but Dr. Billy Graham passed away this past week. And, and uh, you know, for if, if, if you are 40 or over, you you seen Dr. Graham, at least on television, probably hundreds of times. And here we had a, a gentleman, uh, rural beginnings, who in the course of his lifetime spoke to kings, prime ministers, presidents, a lot of real sophisticated, hotshot people, and of course then millions of the rest of us. But you know what? His message was always the same. It was always very simple. Um, 
you know, that God has, loves every one of us, every one of us, and He sent His Son to die for us so that we could have eternal life. And that is the offer. Today, tomorrow, and the next. You know, one of the things that has excited Cindy and myself about this church, we've been going here not quite three years, is the fact that this church gets that. They really do. And we try to spread the gospel and tell people the good news, not the bad news. You can see that all around us. Um, and we're grateful for that. And though I'm at the age where I can get very, I don't know, scornful, crotchety, look at, look at the way things have just kind of, to us, all right, and get kind of, uh, especially this time of year, despondent, if you will, or uh, even though I know I'm on the winning side, I've been reading this book a long time, and I know I'm on the winning team, I just don't feel like a winner very much this time of year when you look around what's going on in the world. But an interesting thing has happened in this congregation in the last 18 months, and that is there are a ton of young people in this building now that weren't here before, and I have absolute con, con, uh, just confidence that they will get the word out. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your obedience. Um, you know, may we get to the end of the string like Dr. Graham did and, and have the Lord tell us, well, good, or well done, our good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your faithful servant, Billy Graham. Only you know how many will be spending eternity with you because of his faithfulness in preaching the gospel. In a world that seems to be crumbling before our eyes, may we too be found faithful in our service to you. Amen. Now I'm going to do something else this morning that's going to surprise some people, I think. Uh, no, I'm going to leave my clothes on. We're good. Uh, I've, I've been a Christian for about 40 years. Uh, really uh, took it to heart and have studied it extensively for 40 years. And I'm not saying that to brag. That's just where I've been. But I will also confess to this, and I think a lot of you might be there too, is I've spent a whole lot more time in the New Testament than I ever did in the Old. And coming here and listening to Pastor David and Don Curry... One of my heroes back there. And you know what? Even my wife. Uh, I said, you know what? I've got to fall in love with that Old Testament again. Because um, really it's the same message. Um, so today I'm going to preach from the Old Testament. Sorry, Don. All right. <laughs> just, just want to make sure we're good to go. Uh, talked to another person here this morning who, who hasn't been here for a little while. And uh, he was telling me he's struggling a little bit with the Old Testament, so we'll try to make a little sense of part of it today. Uh, but believe me, there's a lot to be gleaned and a lot of blessing that comes with this. So the text this morning, we're going to be looking at Lamentations. That sounds real uplifting now, doesn't it? Uh, chapter 3, and we're going to spend our time in verses 1 through 24. So that's Lamentations 3, 1 through 24. And I do hear a few pages ruffling, but I'm gotten used to the fact that it's going to be a whole bunch of this going on now. Um, a few years back, I'd see people doing that in church and start getting easy, evil thoughts about, why are they texting somebody or messing with that during church? I had no clue that the whole scripture and probably a billion other things were in that little thing in their hand. Progress, right? Progress. Okay. The message this morning is called The Greatest Faithfulness. Give you a little background on Lamentations. Um, 
most scholars still believe that Jeremiah wrote it and that these, in fact, are the lamentations of Jeremiah. There are some in the, in the uh, higher textual criticism community that have got all kinds of other theories and ideas. And you know what? Does it really matter? It came from God. It came from God. It's God's word. I don't care which human author actually wrote it down. Um, I'm sure he didn't have a word processor at that point, but they wrote it down. But it's uh, a series of five poems, actually, uh, each chapter being a poem. And it follows a pattern um, called acrostics, which means that each poem, the stanzas of each poem, begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, and the next stanza is Baith, and it goes through the entire alphabet, 22 letters, from start to finish. Two of the chapters have 66 verses. Those actually do it three times. So the, the book's pretty consistent, uh, but it, it's a, a poem about the invasion of Jerusalem, the destruction, total destruction of Jerusalem, the temple, all that at the Jews held dear, and then their ultimate enslavement in Babylon. Um, and as a result of, of really some of their actions. Um, in great detail, Jeremiah, or excuse me, yeah, Jeremiah, he describes a tremendous physical destruction of the city. In fact, if you look at verse 1 of chapter 1, the first thing he says is, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become, she who is great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces, and now has become a slave. So you can see the, a lot of this is not going to be very uplifting this morning, and I apologize to you for that, but I don't apologize that God wants us to hear it. So. But in addition to all that destruction, he also laments the inner decay of his nation, which is, of course, what brought this whole calamity about. So let's look at uh, chapter 3, verse 1, and I'll, I'll read a little bit here. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. I told you this wasn't going to be real uplifting. So. He has walked me, <clears throat> excuse me, he has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He's made my chains heavy, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He's blocked my ways with blocks of stones, and he has made my paths crooked. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove it into my kidneys, the arrows of his quiver. And I become the laughing stock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He's made my teeth grind on gravel. That one I really like. And has made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. 
Not a very pretty picture, is it? The city's been destroyed, the temple's in ruins, the people have been taken into slavery. Uh, Jeremiah talks about that more, as well as uh, Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm. Again, at each uh, strophe, it's called, starts with the first and subsequent letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And it's about that march into captivity uh, and has a good ending. Has a good ending because the young people on that march, those that had just young, young people that were being marched into captivity, many of the old people didn't make it on the march. They're the ones that eventually return and, and bring Israel back to its rightful place in greatness. But anyway, the prophet Jeremiah sounds pretty discouraged. He's deeply saddened that his prophetic words had not been listened to. He'd long been mocked and threatened by his own people. In fact, they even tried to kill him. Why? Because he had told the truth. He'd warned them of the judgment that would come and devastate the people and their land. He reminded them that while their God was full of love and compassion, which is very true today, but this part's also true. He was also a God of perfect righteousness and justice. That judgment would surely come to the nation because of their behavior. No wonder Jeremiah wasn't too popular in his day. The message certainly wasn't popular. Do you see any similarities with our country and world that we live in? I sure do. You know, rampant substance abuse the degradation of all human life, school shootings, that's a timely topic, almost unchecked violence, the mess we have in Washington, and it is a mess, and civil wars around the world with governments killing their own people with gas and with starvation and in the worst and most evil ways, and people are being killed for their faith, the beheadings, the starvation, the burning of villages. The list is a lot longer than we have time for today. But let's ask some questions. Was Dr. Graham a modern-day prophet? Were the warnings he preached applicable to us today? Have we, too, forgotten what happiness is? Do we also say, my endurance has perished, so has my hope for the, from the Lord? Let's go back to our text now, verses 19 through 24. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But, and when anytime you see the word but or therefore in Scripture, you better pay attention because now you're going to get the punchline. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Again, hope in the Scriptures is complete confidence in something that's going to happen. You have no doubt in your mind that this is going to happen. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His, mer His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The, great, the greatest faithfulness. God never changes. He is not swayed by human opinion or emotion or all the evil that can be brought about in this world, he is completely 100% faithful. Always has been and always will be. 
The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him. Wow. After everything Jeremiah describes, again, the destruction of the entire city of Jerusalem, the temple, the enslavement of the people, we can still have hope. Doesn't sound too, doesn't sound like one's going to follow the other, does it? Well, let's go back to the text again, picking up in verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes, and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men to crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth, to, don, to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in, a loss, in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. Who has spoken and it came to pass, unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? Why should a living man complain a man about the punishment of his sins. If we've got it coming, we've, we've got it coming. Let, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. So there it is. Though our culture, our society, has and is heading for judgment, and I know I sounded like an old-time Baptist, and that's because I are one, we still have hope. That confident assurance. We've got, we've got the cure to this mess. And I guess the question is, will we, like Dr. Graham, like our pastor, like so many of you sitting here, will we continue to fight the good fight? Will we continue to keeping it very simple, spreading the truth about God's love for us, and that Jesus Christ went to that cross to pay for every sin ever committed, past, present, or future, the ones you haven't thought of yet, and you'll be creative, you will think of some. We still have hope. Let's pray. Father, let us test and examine our way and return to you. In our gratitude and with great hope, May we obediently serve you. Keep us mindful that we are the recipients of the greatest faithfulness. If there's anyone present today that does not know and therefore has no hope, may the Holy Spirit convict them of their need to accept the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. As Dr. Graham said so many times, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906 
346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.